What's in the jug there, Stu? That's super water. <laughs> How come there's no cape on it? <laughs> I, think it I feel like there's a cape on me when I drink it. <laughs> Welcome back, Stu. It's good to have you back in the studio. It's good to be back. It's been about three months, hasn't it? Has it, it been Manny? that long? Yeah, we Time were here flies. at the end of October. Yeah. So November, yeah, three months. That's right. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was actually pre- And now we were like... Early we're, October, we're like Two maybe. weeks away. We're two weeks away from Yeah, CC. we're two weeks away from the show. Shows February 14th and 15th at the International Center. We're it's excited. Be big. It's going to be it's, big this year. It's going to be bigger than you it's ever been. I absolutely <laughs> did. Do you want me to introduce Sure. Them if you want to introduce them, I guess starting off with Carl to your Yeah, your Carl Saleem. Right. He's the marketing manager at White Cap Canada. Do you go by Canada, White Cap? Yeah, White Cap. Yeah, yeah. White Cap Canada. But in the U.S., it's White Cap? In the U.S., it's White Cap. Correct. White Cap USA? Or That's White just White Cap. Cap. Okay. Uh, right. and, and we're going by White Cap as well. Uh, most... Canadians would know us by uh, Burfasco NCA or National Concrete Accessories uh, and Brock White Canada. And the three entities are coming together as Whitecap in Officially Canada. Officially come in when, like in the spring? Officially, or? we've announced it uh, as of this February and, uh, and the changes are happening. So we're excited about being one brand, one ecosystem. Nice. Okay. And then, to your and then we've got uh, Kimberly Corlett. She is the field marketing manager. For Procore Canada, you guys go by Procore Canada or just Procore? Uh, Procore Technologies, actually. Pro, so, Procore yeah. Technologies. So thank, thank you for coming on such short well, notice. Thank you so as much. Well. How short of a notice did uh, Stu give you guys? Like, were you talking this morning? <laughs> it lasts Thursday. <laughs> no, not that much lead time. But we, that, that Wednesday time. for Eric, Thursday uh, for Kimberly, and I had asked Carl prior to the World of Concrete. Yeah. We I were all the in the world of I concrete last week, yeah. and it, it was nice. So I saw Eric and Carl there and kind of firmed this thing up. Car, uh, Carl's going away this Wednesday, so he couldn't do the original scheduled that's date. So that's why that we're here today. I got an email saying, can we bump it to, okay, all right, no problem. And then Procore, they are, are one of our title sponsors, and Kimberly was nice enough to invite me out to... Halifax a number of weeks ago to speak on a panel there. So I thought I would return the favor nice. and uh, bring Kimberly on to this podcast. How are things in Halifax? Wonderful. It was amazing. I uh, had a chance to speak to Atlantic Industry. Uh, also, I even had a podcast there too. Um, just great to hear everybody's insights, what's happening there. And when I reached out to Stuart is that we noticed last year is that a lot of folks actually flew down for Canadian Concrete Expo. So that's why we had him uh, join and talk about Canadian Concrete Expo up there as well, too. It was a straight construction panel going on. I was a little bit out of my element. I said to Kimberly originally, I said, if we're going to be talking about shows and marketing, I'm all in because I can give you a North American picture. But it was all about the construction industry. So I, I fumbled my way through it, but it went very well. No, no, and you did the other amazing. two panelists were great, too. Cool. He was and amazing. Then, sorry, and we have Eric? Eric Duker from Cancrete. Uh, they would be one of our original exhibitors at the show, along with Profasco. And I'm not absolutely sure about Procore. Maybe he came in on the second year. I'm not sure. But Eric uh, has supported us from day one, and they continue to be a great supporter of ours as well. Well, welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to have Thank you guys you. in the studio talking. Let me do a quick shout out. I'm wearing Safe. Yeah, Safe's t-shirt. Uh, inter- Eternal. Eternal green? Eternal green. That's it. See? Eternal green. That's right. I'm wearing this t-shirt. Thanks. 
I guess I want to begin with, um, since you guys just came, everybody came, including you, from World of Concrete? No, no you no, weren't no, down no. there. But Brokaw was down there, though. Yes, I believe they were down there. Yeah, yeah. we had a team down there. I'd, I'd love to get from you guys, because I've been to w, uh, World of Concrete, um, what's the, the basic difference between World of Concrete and the Canadian Concrete Expo? I know we touched 50, upon fifty thousand people. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but like, what is the, the 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 difference in vibe? I mean, World of Concrete is massive, and sometimes you get lost. But I mean, just brand wise and exhibitor wise, like attendees, what's the difference there? I think just size. The uh, the Canadian Concrete Expo is just a smaller version of the World of Concrete, um, specific to guys in Canada. We don't really see anybody come up from the states for the CCE. There might be some. Stuart would know, but uh, yeah, it's all our local guys. So yeah. I, I agreed. Uh, size or scale, if they could be the same thing or different. Uh, you're scaling every industry, every end market within the markets of construction industry uh, and products and services and innovation, right? They have an expanded outdoor space um, and, and the Vegas weather to do anything in as much real estate as possible. Uh, so something unique to the size of the U.S. versus the Canadian market, which is more targeted uh, and I would say concentrated at the Canadian Concrete Expo. I know that size for sure. Okay. Like I know that World of Concrete is about a million and a half square feet of exhibit space, which is huge. I walked the show. It took me two full days and I didn't even get to the outdoor Seriously, display. Yeah. So they have three big halls that are probably 400,000 square feet each. And I think every supplier to the industry, anybody that's working in the USA on a national basis has to exhibit at the World of Concrete, and I think most of them do. I mean, I look at all the uh, pump manufacturers down there. I don't know how many were in uh, that central hall, but there must have been 12. Yeah, I was going to say there right? was a good dozen. Yeah, yeah. I would love to ask all you guys, because even, Stu, you're conscious of this as well, is how has the tradesperson changed over time? Because obviously technology is becoming bigger and bigger. The equipment that's being used, technology is being a huge part of it now we had a um a kid i call him because he's in his 20s snow removal and he's got so many kubota machines up there and uh he was mentioning that uh, some of his best employees are video gamers so it's like the tech and the relation and these kids that are coming into construction there are they they're embracing tech nowadays right they're they're looking at construction opportunities connected to tech right yep what are you guys thoughts um so how has the the tradesperson or just the end user? I guess it's both, right? Because we know what the stereotypical tradesperson used to be like, what it was like, right? Yeah. And and I'm joking about the, the the written notes on two by fours. That kind of that's what construction was. But now that's not the case. You're getting a lot of tradespeople that are focused on tech and using tech and implementing tech to yeah. help their business, but also be more efficient on the job site and also produce more product service. I'll say. I'll answer it in two parts. I think it's also important to recognize what hasn't changed. Good point. Uh, as well as what's changed. Yeah. And the tradesperson and end user, end user to me could be the owner, the site super. Let's call it, now we're talking maybe the larger sites that have more of a team that needs a dedicated purchaser and, and maybe, maybe separated from the end user versus a guy or girl that is wearing all those hats. Yep. Uh, so what's changed... Uh, absolutely is the technology, uh, the dependence on, from what we see as a distributor, the expertise in product knowledge, in options, in timing of product, availability of product, pricing of product, um, 
And that brings me into what hasn't changed. So although the way to deliver that in the technology and the intelligence of reporting and usage reports, I would say that's something that has changed over the 10 years that I've been close to this industry, which isn't much in comparison to the pros out there. What has not changed in what I've learned about the last 50 years of our, our businesses uh, is the trust factor, the belly-to-belly relationship. Yeah. Um, if you're a team of one, five, or 500 in our, in our larger Canada-wide accounts, the relationship-based business still drives trust. And when you have trust, you know, product, what you need to solve the problem becomes, you know, third place, fourth place, first place being trust. Uh, second place maybe tied with first is service. Um, so technology should just complement it, but it doesn't replace those in my in my opinion, anyways. No, I agree with you. Yeah, and you guys thoughts? Yeah, the uh, like there's two ends of the spectrum. You can uh, you can be just as old school and just as successful as a guy was in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, um, and then the guys you know the second generation companies, the ones that you know that apply the tech that use it. Um, they're the fastest growing ones. So I guess what the uh, maybe the newer generation makes up with and, you know, smarts and applying technology, the older generation makes up with and just hard work and getting things done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest, fastest growing companies are the ones that are using the tech. And you can't buy a new machine right now and avoid new technology. It doesn't That's exist. True. You can't yeah. buy a truck with an old school diesel engine or a car with a carburetor. You can't mm-hmm. have it, so. So at some point, the old guys have to adapt the new stuff or they struggle with it. You just made me think about my youth and rolling startups on mm-hmm. stick shift cars that were falling apart. We've all what, done it. What about you, Kimberly? Do you, do you have a hard time getting some companies to transition over to your software that should be using it because they're worried about tech or afraid of tech? Or do you okay. see that happening? Yes, definitely, especially for tradespeople. I think they are the most apprehensive of it just because, oh, maybe their jobs are going to be taken away. It's the same thing when I see when smartphones came in, said everyone suddenly thinks that, hey, we're going to lose our positions. But nowadays, smartphones has been nearly in every table or everywhere we're we're sitting at. Um, I think technology has made a breakthrough, and it was was nice to hear that – you know, what you brought up earlier is that the best the best on-site uh, uh, tradespeople that you were mentioning were gamers. Yep. Um, you actually get to learn so much from gaming. Um, I actually, it's kind of weird, but I do Lego Fortnite. I like to build. <laughs> but it also helps you kind of, you know, just be creative. Um, and I think intelligence and creativity are two different things um, that help you kind of lean into that technology. But when it comes to tradespeople to, you know, kind of be more open to it, it's just education. It's not forcing technology on their job site. It is educating them. What can help with their labor shortage? What can help with their safety? Um, whether big or small companies, there is a way that technology is helping them day-to-day if in their end user uh, whatsoever in their responsibilities. So I don't think it's, it's difficult to get technology in job sites. I just think that we need to educate um, but not force people to adopt technology. So, I mean, Stu, with six years of you doing the show, you must have seen it, the landscape change quite a bit, right, regarding tech being introduced to this construction industry, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't really know a lot about construction when I got into this uh, trade show, but I'd been, you know, slowly learning year by year. 
And there's been significant changes. I just see the changes in our own office with technology. And I would imagine most of the offices, most of the uh, contractors out there have, they're making a choice. Do we get on board and do we thrive like Eric said, or do we continue doing it the old way? and maybe lose something to our competitor um i think it's a mix of both no like like a little i still want to retain some of the history those lessons are still valuable lessons but embrace the new i think that's what's important so i think that the older trade has to kind of listen to the young and the younger trade has to listen to how it was done in the old to see if there's a better way of doing it no i i think that's the way of life yeah right i mean it's always the older generation that thinks the younger generation doesn't have it right, but eventually it becomes their world. So you either adapt and get on board or you get left behind. And I think that's where a lot of companies are at right now with regard to, you know, getting on board. Um, and if they're my age, maybe they don't have to. Maybe they only have a couple or more years in the workforce and they could get out well, before they, they have and, to and embrace I wanna, it. I want to bring that up too. But before we do that, I don't think any of you guys shared any of your deets or anything like that. Like I always, I encourage everybody to share as many valuable touching points like to get a hold of you guys. So obviously the website and the handle and yeah. email if anybody wants to reach out on everybody here. Oh, so you're pointing at me. Sorry. I'm, uh, well, yeah, starting with all you guys, you guys are all going to do it. Uh, my You're name in the is, line uh, of fire there, buddy. Asian Direct problem. contact. Uh, this, is, this is fun. Challenge accepted. So, <laughs> no, uh, I look this way. Don't worry. Uh, my name is Carl Salim, and uh, I lead marketing for the Canadian side of Whitecap. Uh, you can find Whitecap on whitecapsupply.com. You can find us on social at Whitecap Supply. As well, easy as that. Or search up Whitecap Canada. Um, did you switch over Profasco's social? Correct. So okay. All right. Good. Because that yeah. means I'm now I'm, I'm following Whitecap, right? Yeah, Basically, uh, it's it, no, it'll be a new account because we had oh, okay. we had you know over ten different accounts of on different Got social it. media channels. Okay. So uh, previously and and somewhat technically still known as Profasco or NCA or Brock White, uh, we, a, a couple of years ago <clears throat> we've joined forces to become one company. Uh, to serve our customers in construction and industrial supplies. Uh, so we're rebranding to Whitecap. Uh, so I am following you guys. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. We, uh, we invite you to, to stay tuned for more, and, uh, and we'll build up uh, the Whitecap name in Canada with the same great people and the same service. Uh, the behind-the-scenes doesn't change. It's just the name that's changing. So we're over 65 locations in construction and industrial, industrial supplies. In Canada alone? Uh, in Canada alone, yep. Yeah. It's uh, wow. uh, around uh, 1,000 uh, associates, so workforce. Majority of them are local sellers in our 65-plus branch markets. Uh, so that's a little bit on the details of, of who Whitecap is in Canada. Uh, I've been with uh, the business for 10 years this past November, and it's been an awesome ride and just always listening and learning. I don't have the answers. I just want to seek the questions to other people's questions and answers and do my best like I'm sitting That's here. That's why I do the show. There you go. Yes. Same reason. Yeah. <laughs> What's the booth number? Do you know what the booth number booth is? Booth number is 2245 at the Canadian Concrete Expo. Uh, you'll look up and hopefully see one of the hanging proud banners of the white cap sign over our booth, uh, not too far from the entry exit at the uh, International Center there. So uh, Mississauga, counts as Mississauga, Toronto. The National Heavy Equipment Show is back and taking place April 11th and 12th at the International Center. You're invited to Canada's largest heavy equipment showcase with a massive display of equipment and service. 
Thousands of professionals come together from the nation's biggest industries, such as road building, infrastructure, landscaping, snow removal, and beyond. Watch one of the interactive demos or check out the gravel pit. A whole building full of aggregate, crushing, and screening equipment demos. The National Heavy Equipment Show, April 11th and 12th. Register online today for free with promo code NHES2005. Find full details online at nhes.ca and be sure to follow on Facebook. It's Mississauga. We, we market it as Toronto yeah. just for the rest of the world, yeah. but uh, it is all the planes come in. Mississauga, yeah. right? Yeah. Pardon? Uh, where all the planes come in. Where all, where all the, planes the planes come in. in. Right next yeah. to Pearson. Get off the airport, find the International Center, or I'll see you there. And what do you do, Stu? Like normally on the show days, like do you just walk the floor around or are you... If, if ha- attendance is really good, I'm on the show floor. If it's terrible, I'm hiding somewhere. <laughs> but we haven't run into that problem. I yet. haven't seen you the last couple of years. What's going on? <laughs> I'm really just walking the floor. We've, we've probably got a temporary staff of about 30 people going on during the show. And so there's a lot happening behind the scenes that people aren't aware of. There could be incidents that I get called to, but for the most part, um, everything's running smoothly, and I'm just walking the floor, just smiling and glad-handing our exhibitors and some attendees that I may know. So once the show opens, the work is primarily done from our, my end anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then, Kimberly, what's the other information? Um, so Procore Technologies, hashtag Procore Canada, if you want to catch up on, I guess, the latest insights that we've, we've shared um, I, I do want to mention, Stu, I, I think the first time I saw you, maybe a year ago, I saw him walking the floor, but I really thought he was a little bit out of place, because I just see this guy, like, in a five-piece suit, or, like, he looked like he was going to prom or something. I'm like, who's this guy? Everyone is wearing, like, their long sleeves. I was like, who's this guy? So, um. I think I elevated to a suit without a tie last year. Yes. Yes. But I... I think it's our sales manager John Mayu that oh, really he, he was also, comes yeah. with the, uh, you know, the yep. bright and the loud colors and uh, bright blue, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, and it changes every year. I'm afraid to ask what he's wearing this year, but we'll see. He surprised. enjoys it. I try <laughs> to just fit in. Uh, and then the website, uh, www.procoretechnologies or sorry, procore.com. dot com. Yeah. And then social handle at Procore Tech. And do you remember your booth number? Uh, our booth number is 1880. So, okay. And then Eric? Yeah, Eric Duker, Cancrete Equipment. Um, yeah, we're booth 2145 at the show. Or known as number one. Yeah, number one. Booth number one, <laughs> right when you walk in the door. Number one. Yeah. Okay. Um, can't miss it. Yeah, can't miss it. We, uh, we also have a live demo, 1030 on day one. That's on the yep. 14th, Valentine's Day. So, and uh, yeah, our... Uh, Social media is at Cancrete Equipment, so find us on whatever it is. Hashtag has usually been there, pumped that. Um, Use pumps and been there for a while, done a lot of pumping. Where's the demo? Where are the demos happening? They're in Hall 4. Okay. All right. Um, I just want you have to, to go to the website, CanadianConcreteExpo.com, yeah. and the whole floor plan is there, all the exhibitors, uh, all the conference sessions that are going on, stage presentations, and, of course, the uh, large equipment demos. Awesome. Okay, now we can get back to talking. And I guess that the number one question that's always come up on this show is the labor shortage. And I just want to get your opinions on it. How we, not necessarily, we're not going to solve it today. It's just not going to be that kind of show. Um, but if you guys had some input on how we address that. 
We sell more machines when there's less labor. That's the good side of it. Okay. Um, anything that replaces, like we, you know, before the days of a concrete pump, that was nine guys and nine wheelbarrows. It's true. Yeah. Um, so luckily we've come a long way since then. Um, on the flip side, it's, you know, skilled trades, right? It takes a skilled trade to run a concrete pump. Um, and we're always short on them. It's a good paying industry. Um, lots of potential in it for young kids that just don't know what they want to get into, but don't want to do the backbreaking work necessarily. Um, so I don't know. It's good all around. But I machinery just, is helping with the backbreaking part of it. Like I, I totally think that y- the industry has never been a work smarter than harder kind of thing mentality. That's, that's how I see it right now. I think there's a lot of great machinery out there that's designed a certain way that helps your physical, helps your body from not breaking so often, right? Unless you guys think differently, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. It, uh, and machines get safer and safer, right? Yeah. It used to be that, you know, nine guys did the job of one machine, but that one machine, it was an animal. It just, you really needed to know what you were doing to run it or you get yourself into a lot of trouble or hurt somebody. Um, a lot of technology and machines now that stop you from tipping them over, make sure things are level, stop you from doing things you shouldn't be doing. What's the training cycle on taking somebody green and uh, having them be a competent uh, pump operator? Well, it, I was going to say for construction, it's generally five to seven before they become profitable. But machinery-wise, you can learn a lot faster, right? Yeah, like I guess it's a little bit of an industry problem right across North America where you can go out and rent a concrete pump tomorrow. That's the legal requirement. Right. But with that being said, BC finally implemented a mandatory operator training, and that's slowly getting moved across Canada. You can really do that. You, like yeah. An average Joe can go out there. If I brought a pump with me here today, you could go use it right now. Yeah, but yeah. the job wouldn't be done well. No, like, exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Right? So everything's fine when nobody gets hurt, but... Uh, you know. And BC is the only province? Yeah, so that was effective January 1st this year. But uh, Alberta will be next. Um, the guys in Ontario are all talking. It's something that should happen. Um, it's worthwhile, right? Yeah. Same. It's like driving without a driver's license. doesn't make any sense. Well, I think it's BC CSA that has implemented this program, correct? Correct. Because they are doing a conference session once again at the Canadian Concrete Expo. And um, they're we have really on the show trying on Wednesday. To they're coming on the show on Wednesday to talk. Yes. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that because yeah. it's always going to be an engaging conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric's got a – are you doing a session yeah, yourself? Yeah, uh, noon on uh, Wednesday. And what is that? Um, so that's uh, – I haven't seen the whole script for it yet. I'm supposed to get it this week. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's not a safety presentation. It's a generic um, how to set up a, su- a successful concrete pour. So if you're a contractor that needs a pump but you don't know anything about pumps, it gives you all the background that you can – then go hire a pump company. The pump company knows what they're doing, but maybe you don't know what you're doing, and they're not going to come out, spend two hours to make sure that you know what you're doing to be a contractor. Gotcha. So for guys that are new to it, or just even guys that have been around a long time looking for some pointers on how to more efficiently rent this piece of equipment for X number of dollars an hour and just be efficient with using it, and then make sure you give the guy the right amount of space to set up where he cleans up um, and everything in between. Very good. Carl, are you guys doing the safety thing again this year? We're doing a different talk. So to, to add the context there, great question, which um, we might bring it back or look into it uh, again next year. Okay. Uh, in the past, we did safety on respiratory and silica awareness. What was his name? There was, you, you guys gave the dummy his name, a name. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Question. I think I, we just improv that on the spot. Okay, maybe. All right. All right. No, no right. watermelon yeah. drops we, we won't call this him. year? No, no, it was an actual dummy. It was, well, he it was, was dropping watermelons one year. I think it was yeah. kind of a <laughs> no, safety we, helmet. We, we made it cleaner now, and it's foam heads. Oh, that oh it dropped. is. Okay. So that, that is making a comeback. We That's a, a showstopper every year. 
Absolutely. Uh, so come out to the booth if you're around. Um, and we do drop tethered tool um, comparisons with and without um, tethered protection on, uh, on fallen items, uh, on dropped items. It's, it's a valuable exercise to see. Uh, big time. Yeah. Um, even from a 10-foot drop uh, or even the deflection that would come from uh, a bounce of a tool uh, from working at heights, um, is, it's pretty, pretty impactful. So we are doing that on a regular basis several times throughout the two days of the show. We also have a uh, seminar um, on the Thursday uh, with, uh, with the topic, a brand new topic that we're going to host about uh, gender bias, overcoming gender bias, and the mm-hmm. importance of advocacy of, of women in uh, skilled trades so we will have a great uh, speaker who is one of our sales leaders uh, speak on that. So I'm personally looking forward to that as well. When, what day and time? That'll be on the Thursday, February 15th, and the time would be at 12.15 okay. p.m. Uh, at, in the conference sessions area. So uh, excited about, about that topic as well. We hear it a lot. We hear a lot of questions from, uh, from large and small uh, commercial and construction companies of, of options harnesses for different body types uh for example it makes sense it, there yeah uh and there's many other examples and uh, i'm definitely uh, not the subject matter expert i'm there to learn as much as, as everybody else so i'm looking forward to that um so labor shortage solutions yeah is your question yeah i totally forgot my question yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want me to answer it? no go ahead yeah for sure um it is a it's a great question we get that question um asked at when we're at Canadian Concrete Expo often, you know, it's in terms of, I don't have the time for this or I don't have the people for this. Or well, I'm sure even when concept. you get contractors coming in at the morning, coming into one of your stores and they're probably griping about, I've got so much work going on, but yep. I've got no people to handle the work. Right. Yep. So they're, and I know that I know this from tradespeople that they do it. They vocalize themselves because they're hoping that some stranger will come along and give them a solution. Yeah. And I don't think that's the solution by vocalizing it that way. I think it's about communicating with everybody to try to figure out what's the best path that we can all go down. Agreed. And, and it, I think it's give a little bit of upfront time to save all the, the downstream time. Mm-hmm. So if you have a shortage, what does that mean? It's a shortage in time or it's a shortage in resources of, of hands on deck. So, um, the little upfront time of reaching out and probably having conversations with, you know, all of us at the trade at Canadian Concrete Expo is, this is my problem. Do you have anything to solve it? So for example, we supply a wide range of products. Um, and if you're comparing apples to apples, you're looking at product A, widget A is available at five different places. So what's the difference? Well, the difference hopefully is in our service value of of time to get it in the right time and place when you need it or time-saving solutions. If you don't have the people to stock up your tool crib, your managed inventory, and you're consuming thousands of fasteners a week, you're consuming what, how much you know, PPE per week yeah. for five guys or 500 guys. Well, we have a solution of a vendor-managed inventory solution where we won't order anything that you don't already pre-approve and we'll show you usage of what has been taken out of your tool crib. Um, and one of our guys will restock it and one of our guys will show you the report. So you don't have to have that valuable hourly person getting in a truck to sit in traffic to go find um, the apples to oranges of this spray can- paint can or yeah. you know this respirator and they didn't get enough and they got to do multiple visits and that's less time doing what they're trained to do. So 
you know, fix the shortage by, by being an extension of that tradesperson or that company. That's the service value. I like that. Yeah, um, that makes sense. The, you know, other items, safety and compliance. Um, it, if we talk about Ministry of Labor or anything that comes to compliance, um, there's a lot of checks and balances that have to be done. Gas detection, fall protection harnesses, um, certain items where you can leverage a lot of uh, item. You know, I'm obviously I'm going to be a little bit biased. You know, uh, my awesome team at Whitecap have in-house safety trainers and compliance and training and people that can take that burden off of what might be an administrative resource that our, our trades people and the companies don't have. Well, there's people ready to go to go and visit them and tell them this is how you can save time. You're due for certain inspections. You have training and compliance. Do you know if you're in compliance, which can shut down the site, which will be more costly than not having, you know, um, you know, the labor shortage that you're yeah. currently suffering from. So long-winded answer, but I was excited to say because no, no, I love that good. question and I love the answers yeah. because that's what we're in the game for is solving those problems um, with and without the shortage of labor. And you're, you're encouraging anybody that's listening to actually just shoot you guys an email and just ask because maybe a lot of guys don't want to ask personally, but yeah. they might want to ask over an email going, listen, listen, here's my safety gear. Here's my PPE. This is what's going on. This is who, this is my workforce. Like I have all these questions for you and you guys are more than willing to answer those questions. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, um, that, that uh, an email that we can, I can put out there Canadian service at whitecap.com. Um, shoot us an email uh, and ask us a question. The, your labor shortage. Is it because there's higher rate of injury? You have more people that are off, um, you know, not working. Is it the right PPE gear? We get that a lot change a couple things from a safety audit and you find your labor shortage of those that are on shift are suddenly and thankfully safely coming to work every day instead of an eye injury that can put somebody off for some time or a certain item that's administrative, which like Kimberly said, is the concern or the fear of somebody being replaced is no, they spend time to do something more strategic, more fruitful for the end product and get that person or that shortage of time that they were spending elsewhere and something productive with a partner. Uh, don't try to do everything uh, all in-house when there's experts all around. Looking for cutting-edge solutions for your spray foam needs? Look no further than Elasticam Specialty Chemicals. With a remarkable track record spanning over three decades, Elasticam stands as an industry-leading supplying contractors across Canada with top-grade closed-cell, open-cell, and specialty foam products and accessories. Experience hassle-free spraying in both summer and winter with Insulthane Extreme. Canada's groundbreaking HFO closed-cell product. Time is precious, and we know it. Optimize your efficiency and avoid downtime by choosing the best products with the best technical and customer support. Elevate your spray foam game today with Insulthane Spray Foam Products by Elasticam. Give them a try today. Visit their website at www.elasticam.com or give them a call at 187-787-2436. Kimberly, I'd love to know, I guess, internally with the company... How are you guys looking at the construction industry? Because obviously you came into it at a certain point where it was starting to change technology wise, but then I'm sure that you guys are paying close attention to how it's changing. Uh, and, and you guys probably want to get ahead of it too, to figure out what's next, what's the next big thing that's going to happen for construction and the tradesperson in general. Ooh, that's a, that's a very good, that's going to be a long, long answer. No, <laughs> take as long as you want. Um, I mean, I, I'm just trying to get an idea of it yeah. because you guys are a smarter think tank on looking at us 
outside you know what i mean from and then paying attention we as contractors sometimes for the most part we're stuck and we have blinders and we're just pushing the wheelbarrow and we just want to get the job done we're not thinking about making this industry better and more efficient you guys are thinking that and we want to listen to people like yourselves right mm -hmm. that's why well, I, I do like Carl's point about education, uh, the resources that he shared. Um, and when he spoke about the tools of like being, being, being asked at when, when people come to Canadian Concrete Expo, they're asked, hey, I have this problem. They're asking for solutions from experts such as Carl. And I think that's awesome. That's great. But when we talk about labor shortage, I don't believe it should be described as a labor shortage specifically for Canada anymore. Because with all the immigration that we have, maybe it's a skilled shortage. Good point. And perhaps maybe we're not doing enough in the industry to make it look attractive. Anyone can go in concrete industry right now. But all we see is if you tell somebody in high school, let's say if it's a female, hey, you want to come to concrete industry? What is, what is going to pop up in their mind? It's going to be all dirt. Oh, oh, I have to get up early. We have to make it look attractive. And I think that's first and foremost, especially for the generation now or somebody who wants to change careers, like how do I get in there? There are resources that are out there that, hey, there are grants for small businesses as well to hire on board. Um, there is so much that I think what we can do to help solve this quote unquote labor shortage. And as for what Procore is doing is actually we're investing in 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 different ways, whether that is educating our customers. We also host uh, Procore community meetings and have these uh, discussions as well, too. Um, and we're actually hosting a community meeting at the Canadian Concrete Expo just before our session here uh, at 11 a.m. on February 14, where okay. we discuss about digital solutions. So there are so many, so many ways to answer that question, I definitely say. But if you take a look at the CCE presentations, it is wonderful to see how everyone's thinking about the labor shortage. The session before us, actually, it's called What Can Taylor Swift Teach Us About How to Make Construction Welcoming for Women? And I thought that was like an awesome title. I was, that's why I wanted to change our title. Oh. It could be like Taylor, Taylor, I don't know, what's, his, what's the NFL guy's name? Taylor Kelsey? Travis Kelsey. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, something to follow up with that. And I think, I think the industry is very, very much improving and they're, they're, they're aware of what's happening, but we need to do more to encourage everybody to connect together. I agree. And I think it takes collaborative efforts. And, and I really believe that we cannot wait for the federal and the pro provincial governments to look after these issues. I think it's got to come from the communities. I know the Windsor Construction Association has created an initiative with St. Clair College, and they also go around and visit the high schools. They yeah. have certain contractors going to talk to students, and this is something that was done decades ago by the government, but, but for whatever reason, they stopped a lot of the shop classes. They stopped It wasn't cool anymore. It wasn't cool, and when they stopped educating the young, the young kind of forgot about the industries As that were option. available to yeah. them. And I think everybody got carried away that their son and daughter needed to have a university education, um, which in, in some cases does train them specifically for a job after university, but in many cases does not. 
And I think the skilled trades and just the construction industry in general is a viable option for many to have a great job, good paying job, um, raise a family. And I think it's been a little put to the wayside. So it's got to come from, I think, initially the community level. So your local construction association working with their members to work with the schools to educate those people themselves instead of waiting for the feds and the province to take hold of this. I, I'm just going to say, I think it's the swagger. Like when I say the swagger, I mean like if for anybody that's been to CCE, whoever hasn't, that's listening, that hasn't been to CCE, you can tell if a tradesperson loves what they do by their swagger when they're walking around the show and going to specific boots because nobody's ever dragging the feet. You'll never hear construction boots being dragged at any show because they're excited about getting to a specific person or a specific booth because they've got questions that they know that these people have these answers. And it's the same way that you'll get these same people that the, they start from mom and pop and they get into associations and the way they walk into high schools, they the way they walk into colleges. There's a specific tradesperson swagger that says that I'm totally proud of what I do and how I do it and how I provide for my family and whatever. Right. That like pay attention to that. I swear to you, because yeah. every time I've been to the shows, whether it's the, you know, all the big shows or even all the shows in Canada, a tradesperson swagger is a really key definition of what or how much they love their right. career. Right. Funny. You mentioned that I was at the world of concrete last week in Vegas and I rode the shuttle bus um, from the hotel to the convention center. It's about a 15-minute ride. And it was full on this bus. But everybody <laughs> got to talking like they were all friends. And everybody was from different parts of the country in the U.S. And they were all proud of what they were doing. I don't get to rub shoulders too often with the attendees. It's mainly the exhibitors. So I don't get to see it. And I thought it was great because they were excited. They were passionate. And they were excited to get to the show. And... Uh, walk and talk and, and get answers. It was nice. And you're right. I know last year I had the opportunity to walk the show with with uh, Bob Peel, right? And got yep. a chance to introduce him to you, right? Which is the one of the original family of, of Brafasco, right? Correct. And he's got a certain swagger, I'm just going to say. But it was good to, to, to walk through the show with him. And I wanted to get an idea from all you guys. What's new in the game? Like, what's new in the in in, in your machinery? What's new at, at uh, Whitecap? Like, what's new? What do you guys see that's new that's coming down the pipe here for us that you guys can share if you're not holding it back until the show? Yeah, our uh, we've got a safety system. It's good for the operators. It's the operators love it. It uh, concrete pumps used to be all or nothing. You put all your legs all the way out, and you could reach anywhere. Okay. So you stabilize your legs. Now we can put our legs part way out and reach part way over them. So it's really counterintuitive to what we train guys to do. Um, leave all your outriggers all the way in, put them straight down, and then the truck tells you that you can only reach 70 feet off the side instead of 120. Um, but uh, it's a game changer for the operators. You used to always struggle get fit in between buildings and get yeah. outriggers out here and there. And if you couldn't get them all the way out, you couldn't do the job. Um, so that's, that's our big thing at the show this year. Nice. I got to think that would come into play with street closures it's and things like that too everywhere. right yeah, yeah it's number one problem pump gets there can't set up right so yeah i i can't speak on products uh, i can speak on the session um it what we will be discussing is basically the dig digital solutions or how we build now report and also the canadian construction forecasts in terms of what is new um 
I guess this year we, we, we have new swag. I think a lot of people love our swag when they come by the booth. Um, what do you like the wait? photo booth you had last yeah, year. Yeah, we had photo booth last year. Okay. I First time I ever saw the rotating 360 photo booth. We've all seen it now, oh, yeah, I'm that's sure. Right. Yeah. But first time I ever saw was at the Procore booth last year. <laughs> I didn't know what the heck it was. <laughs> but it was cool. Um, I'm sorry, what's the question? Uh, swag, what are you guys giving away? This year. I think it's Air AirPods Max or uh, something AirPods or the big. I don't know. I'm 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 an Android person as well too. Okay. <laughs> so some headphones. Um, I was trying to you know kind of persuade them to give away ATV and maybe put my name in there, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just AirPods, uh, Yeti coolers, um, things that everyone can bring on job sites. I think hard hat helmets as well too. Kimberly, who is your target market at Procore? Who do you want to see at Canadian Concrete Expo, for example? That's what type of companies? Um, well, because of my position, <laughs> I'm not I'm not in sales. So, yeah. um, for me, I I want to see students. I want to see students there uh, learning about what's new, what's upcoming. I want them to, you know, be attracted to the generation of hey, I want to be on site. I want to try this new tool. Did you see that demonstration? Like. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's what I want to see, um, but I also want to see our 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 industry thrive. Um, and I I do walk the floor as well too. Um, I try to sneak out here from time to time and uh, see what new products, new services are out there. Um, but I'm particularly this year excited for the uh, demo the demos that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very much looking forward to that. So is Procore, do you gear towards smaller contractors, medium or large contractors, or is it just large? I'm just trying to get a, a better feel. Nope, definitely. We, we uh, I, all audience. Yeah. Yeah, all audience, small, big. Um, yeah, all audience. Okay. Yeah, yeah and, and for YCAP, uh, what's new at YCAP, this Canadian Concrete Expo, um, we, we will continue to expand our offering of solutions. And what I mean by that is, is what the tradespeople and the, and the businesses, the owners and decision makers would need to source and buy uh, from um, everything from uh, masonry and geosynthetic to, uh, of course, what we've been strong in in past years, the Canadian Concrete Expo, which is on the tools and consumables uh, for anchors, uh, strut, uh, fasteners uh, and power tools and everything to do with safety. So we're, it's more of the expanded necessities that everybody needs to plan for and may need last minute or it may need a year's you know worth of, of project planning to get to that. So we're looking forward to more of those conversations since we get the best of all three worlds of NCA, Brock White, and Burfasco now coming together. Um, from the new side, we always come with new deals and new offers, uh, like Kimberly mentioned with Procore, and, and I'm sure Eric as well. There's always the little mementos and the swag, so we definitely will will have some uh, some exciting stuff to just give as a thank Are you. You giving for out by. snazzy jackets like that, that hoodie there that you got wearing on I, there? I will personally. I'm an knit XL. One for I'm you. an XL. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm an XL. Just want to make sure that you hear. I am an XL. All right, gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. White well, cap my, definitely gives the best swag out of. <laughs> World of concrete. We, we get some some lineups at different. Those backpacks times, yeah. were sweet. Uh, World of <laughs> they concrete. Whitecap, you know, buys buys. I want to figuratively speaking, almost literally, boatloads of uh, of these giveaway backpacks, and you see a sea of our Whitecap branding there. So, 
uh, yeah, it's it's in at the Canadian Concrete Expo. We'll definitely give something as, as an appreciation for coming by and, and making sure that people enjoy their time. We're going to have new deals and offers. So we do on-site uh, quoting and setting up ordering as well uh, so that when they go back to their local team or job site that there's something sitting in their inbox or delivery waiting to go. So uh, we did not have that last year. We had that in prior years. Popular demand to bring that back. Uh, so uh, conversations can be had on site and continue after the show that way. So that's new from last year as well. Demand for ICF is growing, but why? What are the benefits? Well, it's energy efficient and eco-friendly, but more than that, it's easy to use and install. ICF can accommodate nearly every shape that can be done with traditional framing and form work, and it allows a contractor to complete multiple building stages at once, saving both time and money on installation. But don't just go with any old distributor. With free quotes, training, and on-site and over-the-phone support, Isometrics has your back. They service contractors across Ontario with their Kitchener location and warehouse of in-stock products. The Isometrics team takes the time to get to know contractors, meaning interested contractors and homeowners alike can get connected with their network of installers, designers, engineers across Ontario. As one of the leading ICF distributors in Ontario, Isometrics can work alongside with you all the way, whether the job be residential, commercial, or institutional. Check out isometrics.ca and on IG at isometricsicf or get in touch with isometrics.office at gmail.com. I, I mean, I bring that up because I remember Bob P. T- telling me a story about how he came up with that assortment of nuts and bolts and screws and everything like that. And it was just like an item that you can buy, which made sense because every trace person would just look at it going, I'm going to need one of these at some point in my career while I'm working on a project. And it just did so well. So that's where I was like, What's the new stuff that's coming down the pipe, right? Yeah, Bob, Bob Peel's fingerprint uh, on the fastener totally, side is still totally. there. And uh, it's just it's now just evolved in the way that I think he's hopefully proud to see. And yeah. I'd love to ask you guys, um, how often when people come to the booths or they come to you guys to talk, does money come up? Obviously, they'll come to you guys and start talking about if I buy this machine, let's start talking numbers. If I use this software, let's start talking numbers. If I start using you guys for my accessories and my, my new tools that I need, let's start talking numbers. How often does the conversation of money come up when speaking to a tradesperson? Just jump right in. <laughs> it comes up often. Okay. Um, because it, rightly so, their hard-earned uh, dollar of, of you know the cost, especially when you can compare in, in our world of something that they have many options to buy from. Um, and, uh, again, explaining why, uh, and how, um, we offer them a certain quote or a certain price and I'm maybe not using the right words in the right order here. So forgive me on that. But I think there really is conversations of why our, why we may be at a premium, but our expanded offering and the fact that we can get the volume that we can get at a certain, you know, point in time, or again, connecting to your great question on shortages of uh of labor and you may save a 10 cents a unit on something uh, if you look at it up front but the fact that you can set it and forget it or you don't have to take that delivery driver's time out of the day for emergency runs or you need a skid load of it versus one you're you're, we're talking different strategies here so uh, the conversation does come up and that's on us to be able to intelligently speak to it and hopefully given the grander vision um we're not trying in summary, the way I would say it from my perspective uh, is it's not about the one transaction when it comes to price discussions. 
It's more of what's the, the partnership and your project. Yep. And are we going to save you time and money at, at the end of the day? Um, we'll save you money and, and time on one transaction here and there. Everybody can do that and, and race to fight for every transaction. That's going to take more time and be more exhausting long term, though. Um, and you'll benefit if we look at it as a program. I mean, some of the smartest moves that I saw from young and upcoming tradespeople setting up businesses were the buying power, like going in and ordering a skid, a pallet of stuff, right? Instead of going in and ordering a box, right? It made sense to start planning for the future. I've got this many projects on the go. I know I'm going to like a framer asking for all these coil nails, you know, I'm sudden just show up. We know we're going to just dig into all this stuff. So why don't we save a few bucks here? What we can, because we'll be buying in volume, right? You got it. a lot of sense. And then over to you guys, same thing It's like when you guys are talking to people, Money's got to be coming up all the time. Yeah, the uh, the 100% depreciation that was being offered on equipment purchases in the first year, that was big. Um, our machines start at mid-six figures and go up from there. Um, and, of course, for the customers, it's not really about how much it costs. It's about how much is it going to make you. And, you know, at the end of it, you can buy a discount machine or you can buy a premium machine. The premium machine makes you more money. That's the right route to go. Um, so, I mean, we sell premium machines. We're typically... The mo one of the most, if not the most expensive. But if you can get that write-off in year one, and depending on your tax bracket, you get back between 15 and 28% of your corporate tax on that increase in price, you put that right in your pocket, and you keep that until you trade in that machine or get rid of it in 10, 15, 20 years, um, that's a big deal. So um, I don't know if it applies to 2024 yet. In 2023, it was there. Um, ask your accountant maybe if it's still on <laughs> 2024 because I think it comes out in the budget this year. Mm, um, good. But uh, sold a lot of machines in December from guys that were leery about the economy and everybody had a pretty good year. And yeah. at the end of the year, and their fiscal year is their calendar year, and uh, they're like, we need to spend money this month. Um, and that's, a, you know, savings is right there as soon as you file your year end. So. Okay, it's good to know. So do they have to just complete the transaction? Yeah, complete the transaction and take delivery. You yeah, have to have delivery. it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, you can't do deposits. Um, you have to physically buy the machine, and then you can scratch that right off your profit number, save all the tax on it. Did you notice a little slowdown with the increased interest rates, and do you notice uh, renewed interest with talk of interest rates coming down again? It was... It was a wave across Canada. Every market had the same, like, uh-oh, something might happen. Um, and then everybody recovered. So everyone went into the, you know, the, the state of let's be cautious and then came out of it. And that happened province by province in no particular order from east to west across Canada. It kind of went, you know, Halifax and then Calgary, then Ontario, then BC, then Quebec. Um, everyone was just cautious. They weren't spending money because they were so busy that they couldn't keep up. But guys that said that they were 30% slower this year than last were working on 20% overtime last year. So they're still at 90%, which right. is, you know, we're still, we're above pre-COVID, right? Right. So, um, so guys are still having good years. It's just not what it was. But I think we're in a safer spot now. Inflation's a little bit under control. You don't, you know, you don't have to forego a home inspection and get into a bidding war to get a house anymore. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that's big, right? It's, you know, safer all around. A little more cautious. We still have a backlog. Um, you know, there's, you know, between nine and 14 months to get a piece of equipment out of the factory for us. So, um, so when order intake and we're filling orders at about the same rate, that's a good economy. Yeah. Agreed. Kimberly? 
I'm glad uh, I don't have any buying power because I would have bought from these guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just hearing from all the services and products that they offer. Um, so I think there's a, a two parts to this question. I, I do find like interest rates, as as Eric mentioned, has uh, will play a factor, especially in 2024. Um, but what I found interesting in bringing up World of Concrete is that. Uh, we see different regions, um, especially I, I work with the U.S. team as well, too, that at a trade show in the U.S., it's easier to sell than in Canada. Can Canadians are more, I don't want to say wise, because then that might not be a, a good uh, fit. They um, want to build the sale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. We're more, as Eric was mentioning, more cautious. Yeah. Um, and it does take a bit of a, a long time to, you know, get that, as Carl was mentioning, partnership. Uh, we're, that's what we're seeking in the end is a partnership. It, yeah. it goes both ways, a transaction. Um, so I do think, yeah, uh, money does come up uh, very often in, at the trade show floor. Uh, they do want to know whether they want to pursue a secondary conversation. You can offer them all the services that, that you can, but without that, you know, explanation of, hey, we need to take this up further a notch and discuss whether our services are right for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the right time. But, hey, we can introduce you to our, our community team, and then you can speak to somebody who has Procore or somebody is using another technology in the field. Um, it, it's, it goes different ways. So it's transactional, whether that's money-wise or it could be a continued relationship, as Carl mentioned. Well said. Really, and yeah. I mean, we're we're comparing not only the scale, like we've all mentioned, of what is a pretty significant show of World of Concrete, which, if we consider the tenure and the behavior that it took to build up that that buying and browsing and consideration behavior, is fifty years, versus what is a nice, youthful, uh, uh, you know, Canadian Concrete Expo of six years, right? Six. Yeah. So, yeah, we we got to build a culture of of what value am I looking for? What's in it for me? How do I answer that when I go out there? And who am I side to side with? Am I side to side with other tradespeople? Am I side to side with people from associations? Am I side to side with business owners and site supers? Or is it all the above? And you, they'll go in with a different maybe mission and objective when you go and you look at it collective, like you mentioned at the very beginning, Manny, of, well, I'm, am I thinking about the industry or am I just thinking about you know, what I need to get the job done right now because this is my deadline, this is my budget. So it absolutely is a behavioral change and we're still we're still green in it when you compare other industries or shows that are maybe ahead in just time and generations of employees that have visited a few times. We got to get there. And I do think that uh, the beauty of trade shows, any trade show, is that you have that face-to-face -face opportunity yep. Um, we were talking about technology change earlier, and when the internet first came out in the mid-90s or early 90s, everybody, I was in the business then, in the trade show business, we were all worried that we were going to be out of business in five years. Well, it didn't happen. Then we were worried about it again during COVID because there was all these um, um, online trade shows, yeah. right? Virtual trade shows. And that didn't transpire. They didn't go over well with people because people want that face-to-face. -face. And I think that's where they first start to build a relationship with a supplier is, do I like Carl, right? Do I want to do business yes. with Carl? And yes. my answer is 
Yes, it is now. It took a long time, but he's good. <laughs> took six years. Uh, but, but that's what they get from a trade show. They, they can determine uh, who they want to do business with based on the face-to-face -face interaction, and that's where it all starts. Can I make a suggestion, Stu, for, for next year's show, I guess? Yeah, Is sure. there an age cutoff on attendance? No. Attendees? We did have an age cutoff before the pressure came down from us to allow, because it, it's a um, licensed establishment. So... We've made some changes, and you had to be 19-plus to get in, but now you don't, as long as you're with an adult. Because I was just thinking that a lot of tradespeople might want to bring their kids. They can. We've because, changed that. Uh, because we want to introduce younger exactly. people to the industry. And I would, I like, to the heavy machinery and also to interesting components that you would have in your booths, the wide eyes that these children would have seeing certain things would just be in awe that would probably carry them to wanting to get into the industry. Yes. Am I wrong? Or? No, absolutely. And that's why we changed it. That's awesome. When I used to do trade shows, late 90s, into the 2000s in Toronto, nobody wanted to see students. Students were because they were a dime a dozen, right? Mm. People coming into the industry. Yeah. This was in the waste and recycling industry. But times changed, right? push the students away, stop educating them. They stop coming to the trade shows. Now everybody wants the students to come out to the trade shows because we realize there is a bit of a, I'm not sure it's a crisis, but there's certainly a shortage of people entering But it would industry. be an educational experience for them too, it's right? It's a great educational experience. Because it's like experience. the pool of people that would be there to ask and answer questions, right? Yeah, yeah. But the idea 20 years ago or 30 years ago was that we paid a lot of money to be here. We're here to sell equipment. We're not here to educate um, students. But that thinking has changed because of the situation that the industry is in, I think, globally. You know, Kimberly brought up that you guys target students. And then you said that the feds um, and the provincial government, we can't leave it up to them to deal with it. So I, my oldest boy is 16, and he's got a co-op at high school, and he's got to do Tuesdays and Thursdays, and he wants to go into some sort of trade. Doesn't want to go, like, might go to college, not going to university. We can't find an electrician or a plumber that'll take him for free two days a week. Wow. So I'm not surprised. I've heard it several times. Six yeah. foot two, he can turn wrenches. He's strong. He's like, he, you know, he was in our shop learning stuff. So I think maybe the best thing to do if you're a contractor looking for people is go to a high school and say, I will take a co-op student. And yeah, they're going to be a pain in the neck because they're high school students. You've got to deal with safety and deal with this and deal with that. A bit of liability if they're on a job site. But that's site. the real world. But don't <laughs> expect, so it's less than free. You've got to invest in them. Because everybody that I talk to says, oh, you know what, that's more work for me. Like, it should be. But maybe yeah. you'll get an employee out of it one day. What city, what, what, what part of the town? So I'm in Orangeville, so north of Brampton. Yeah, like I, I've had OYAP people. I've had co-op people on the show. We've talked about it. And I, I think there's a disconnect between... The kids that are there and the business owners that are trying to find these kids. And I just tell the business owners, take two seconds out of your day and just send an email or call to school and just ask, do you have any kids that are looking for these positions? And I guarantee you, you'll probably find a connection at that point. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, I think it's on both sides. And, and I'll never rely on the government when it comes to anything to help build the construction industry. Let them do it. They're going to jump on once we figure it out, right? That's what's going to happen. But I've heard that story over and over about the kids, right? Uh, and I think businesses should look into, are there incentives, financial incentives? Or There's a few. Or There's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if uh, a lot of businesses know that uh, if they take on a co-op students, paid or unpaid. Uh, there's, so the what's in it for me, if, 
is of course there's it's important for all sides so they should look into that eric let's talk after it might maybe that's a problem we can solve if they for over 30 years, Technometal Post's vision and goal has been to revolutionize the construction industry. And today, they are proud to say that they have achieved this. Their dreams drove them to design, innovate, and build reliable products, develop leading-edge installation equipment, as well as train and certify professional installers just like you. Technometal Post products are used throughout the world. They do the research, the evidence is there, and testimonials have shown that their helical piles have become a standard in the building industry. Many customers and contractors have already adopted our technology, and for them, it would be impractical to do it any differently. Reach out to them at www.technometalpost.com for your next project. Well, that's why I was asking the question, because I think that, I mean, we get kids listening to the show as well, and I think if you're a high school kid and you're listening to the show, then you should actually skip school i'm telling people to skip school and go to the show pick your day maybe you guys aren't doing anything on valentine's day and go and check it out because of the resources that are at this event simple as that like the amount of, and the swagger that they're going to have and they're going to go right up to all these booths and ask all these people these questions and i bet you anybody they'll walk out of the event with a trade in mind of what they're going to do for the next 10 20 years that's what's going to be happening very possible it's yeah. it's it's wild to think that that is an underserved segment when that, that that is our future so if there's a care factor of what what is left for the tomorrow uh, it it should be dedicated to to everybody that is a year or less of experience in the industry um, because how else are you going to get all the what ifs and creative thinking outside of the box um, if you're not, you know, if you're not exposed to everything ahead of time, why well, find out five, ten years down the line that, oh, I didn't know I could do this and that and the other. I was just only told about this one line of, of power tools. I was only told of just this one way of, of getting the job done on, in, in, on framing, plumbing, electrical, whatever it may be. I only knew of one kind of electrician, yep. you know, electrician's trade. And I, I didn't know that I can do so many other items. Um, so coming to a show like Canadian Concrete Expo. It's it's a both a plug by design out of appreciation, but um, not just because we're sitting here. Highly recommended. In two days, you're concentrated to get exposure to how many vendors? Over 350. All right. So how else can you get schooled in within uh, a day of walking the show? Fine. Skip two days of school. There you go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You guys will probably have a better idea of, I'd love to get a sense of, uh, because I know earlier, Kimberly, you mentioned about Halifax. Is the tradesperson different? Like the Ontario tradesperson, are they different to the BC tradesperson, to the East Coast tradesperson? Outside of the stereotypes, because we can go down that road, but I don't want to go down that road. But I'm just assuming that the tradesperson is slightly different across Canada. Because they build slightly different in different areas? No? The technology is different across Canada. Okay. Like, uh, if you look specific to high-rise forming in um, Halifax versus Toronto, there's no comparison because Toronto's years and years ahead. We started doing it way sooner than they did there. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, might be considered kind of antiquated in Halifax is still, it's efficient, it works, but it's, you know, there's still better ways to do it. And, you know, Toronto figured it out. Montreal figured it out. So we do see a lot of that where, you know, the buildings physically look different as they're going up, even though they look the same when they're done because the construction methods vary. Yeah, that's a good point. So we actually did a huge cross-country road show last year. Um, did a couple of major stops in Calgary, Vancouver, uh, Halifax, and also in Toronto. 
And what we found throughout as we were traveling is that, yes, skill shortage, labor shortage is still there. But there are these different nuances in terms of, okay, how can I get a, a Canadian or sorry, a concrete uh, contractor on a job site? Well, there's only 10 here in, in the city. Why? <laughs> Why is there only 10 here? Yeah. Uh, or in Vancouver, there's like, oh, the, we have 160 here. Uh, like there's there's so many differences of, um, I guess you see the skills, the skill level, but also different companies like not actually going out of their, I want to say comfort zone to other regions that really require their help, their support. Uh, as, as, as Eric was mentioning is that, yeah, Ontario is ahead but maybe we can also expand outside of Ontario and help educate them. Hey, your technology is a little bit behind. Um, any way that I can support you on this project? Like we can do this together, but can I lean and, and, and kind of take charge from here so that you can implement this technology on the, the next project? So, Good point. Yeah. Um, on my perspective, I, I see actually more in common than different uh, and you know, the markets we serve are more commonly mid, high-rise uh, commercial construction, uh, not as much residential, which maybe could be some differences in, on, on that side of, of residential renovations and residential building, perhaps. But on the commercial mid to high-rise side of things, um, challenges are quite similar. Opportunities are quite similar with, uh, with the trades, um, where things vary, like on the West Coast versus the East Coast, Absolutely. There's code that varies. There's, yep. there's the order of certain things vary. The demand of certain things vary. Uh, but I would boil it down to the same or a lot of the same, sim a lot of the similar problems that need to be solved, really. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I can see that. Stu, you, you met quite a bunch of people. Oh, I'm just listening. I'm good. <laughs> you don't come across and see, and you're talking I, to all. I you've got really could comment on no? the variances and nuances between provinces. I do not get that close to contractors, so I'm really not educated. I'm to, trying to uh, think if we comment. On yeah, that. we've interviewed people in BC, Alberta, uh, Winnipeg. New Brunswick, Halifax, not PEI yet, or St. John, yeah, Newfoundland, um, but none of the territories, and, and definitely not none of it yet. I'd love to interview somebody from up there to get their perspective as well, because I'm sure it's different up there. We got some, I'll get you somebody from PEI. Got sure, some, some yeah, totally, if you can, I'd, I'd love to have that conversation yeah. and just get a sense of what's going on there and how they're building things and... I'm sure that they have the exact same problems, and we've interviewed enough people outside of this country or even outside of USA, and they have the same problems. They have the same labor shortages. They have all kinds of – it's similar. It's very similar globally. That's easy enough. But across Canada, I think, is uh, slightly different, I think. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Anything else you guys want to share before we get wrapped it up? Or? I'm pretty good. I questions. think we, uh, it's been a good session. It's been a great session. It's been really. great, great talk, right? And yeah. obviously yeah. everyone, you guys are all going to be at the show. Everyone's going to be at the show, right? We're just not making special cameo appearances here, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two weeks till move-in day. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take right. you to set up shop? I guess uh, it takes you the longest. Out we of have to go in first because we're farthest from the entry door. 
Uh, and you Monday. can't go through the front door. No, no, it's too small. So <laughs> bright and early Monday morning. Well, you can, well, but. The, the guys from Whitecap are always standing there with their arms crossed. Yeah, <laughs> that is angry because we drive right over top of their carpet to get into our booth. So. <laughs> now you've built a relationship. It'll be much easier this yeah, year. Yeah, we'll just flag you We'll yes. share tools this year. Yep. <laughs> yep. So let me show you. You guys can share your deets again, everybody, in the booth numbers. And then I want to do the 12 questions with the three that I haven't. You guys already, you've done this too. Uh, so by all means, please, Eric, just share the decent uh, so everyone can reach out to you guys. Yeah, Cancrete Equipment. Find us on uh, social media at Cancrete Equipment and booth 2145, better known as booth one. <laughs> one, <laughs> right inside the front doors. Can't miss it. Uh, Procore Technologies, uh, we're the title sponsor for CCE. You can meet us at 1880 and also join our session on February 14 at 11 a.m. And Whitecap, uh, we are the lanyard sponsors. So if you forget our name, just look at the lanyard when you visit Canadian Concrete Expo. Find us at booth 2245 uh, and find us online at whitecapsupply.com or on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at Whitecap Supply. You can't, is it yellow sea can or is it? No, what, the, it's correct. Yeah. yeah, the sea container will we'll make a return and we'll see what we do next. Yeah, well, year. you can't miss yeah. it. Just look for the sea can yep. and, it, and you'll find exactly. them. No problem, right? And uh, dropping some tools on some phone heads <laughs> and uh, all the uh, fancy, attractive power tool guys are also in our booth. Awesome. All right. I'd so just like to say good. anybody looking to attend the show, uh, go to CanadianConcreteExpo.com. Full registration there. You can sign up for any of the conference sessions. Um, our keynote speaker, and if you have questions on site when you attend the show, we do have a show office, the CCE show office at booth 1110 on the show floor. That's booth 1110. Awesome. You guys don't know what these questions are, right? Nope. Don't worry. Nope. There's no right or wrong. Uh, what is your favorite construction word? We'll just go one at a time. Am I allowed to say that on the air? Construction word? <laughs> yeah. Sure we are. Well, we're trying to keep it uh, a clean show, but you can always just go with the F-bomb. come to me last. I need to think of a different one. Uh, definitely collaboration. Okay. Trust. Organization. Least favorite tool? Excel. <laughs> that's funny you know what words been coming up a lot lately <laughs> yeah, yeah. from the software the, the yeah. wheelbarrow get the motorized ones now yeah we like pumps <laughs> yeah. oh carl doesn't Man. work with tools well see it's funny uh, i no, say I tool thinking, but it could be anything really that's why it's, it's good to hear yeah Excel. that was good I was thinking more abstract, like like Kimberly was. Totally, I was going to totally. say like fax machine or something. But oh, that's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. What construction sound do you guys love? Backup beeper. At a, uh, yeah, likewise. Really? Yeah. Mine's more nuanced, which would be, you know, a harness being put on or a hel hard hat helmet being put on. Favorite beverage? Water. 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 What turns you on and off in construction? The sun. Nice. Even That's on a cold time. winter day, I if the not, sun is it's out. better than the hot winter or hot summer. No, I argue that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> hot over cold any day. It's definitely the coffee for me if it's being brewed. Yeah. <laughs> what was the question? What turns you on and off in construction? 
Nothing turns you on? His boss. Um, I first thing that came to mind was the same thing that you asked me about my favorite sound. So okay. it, uh, in terms of the, I don't even know if I understood your question. Safety preparation? Like, wait, you said, so like what excites you? What, like, okay, what yeah, excites me? What excites right. you about construction? What ter- I, I think guess. I misheard the question. Yeah. yeah well, what excites me is, is the same thing. Uh, I would say is, is, is the safety of people suiting up and going home the same way to their friends and family. Yeah, for sure. And then what do you guys don't like about construction? There's always the one sour egg. Mm-hmm. And if you get rid of them, that that one takes their spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Likewise the same, yeah. Yeah. Um, these are deep. I'm taking them. <laughs> Take as long as you like. Uh, what I like the least, uh, I would say the definition of insanity of just always thinking and doing things the same way, expecting different results. Uh, we'll bypass the next one, which is your favorite curse word, unless you've got a, a kitty friendly. I thought curse that word. was the first question. No, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> a construction <laughs> word. Uh, what's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Any mode of transportation? Ooh, I'm a Jeep girl, so Jeep Wrangler. Pickup or SUV? Uh, no, JLU, uh, the SUV version. Okay. Yeah. I'll get some flack for it, but any Ram with a Cummins in it. No, you won't get any flack. <laughs> I thought you were going to say one of your pump trucks. Oh, that could be. They're just not that comfortable. We yeah, call right. it the penalty box. That's <laughs> 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 you barely fit hunched over the steering wheel. <laughs> the penalty box. Favorite vehicle. I'm going to uh, go with a bicycle. Just Road or mountain? Mountain. Mountain? What do you guys miss from your childhood? The simplicity of everything. Yeah, not paying bills. That's what it is. <laughs> yep, ditto. It's simplicity. What profession other than your own would you guys like to attempt one day? Oh, I always wanted to become a pilot. I think I could have been a pump operator. I really loved it. It was great. I did it for two years for my dad. I think there's an opportunity for you. Yeah, I think there might be. <laughs> uh, I always wanted to be in SWAT. If I had some other crazy career, I'd want to take down some organized. Talk about stress. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's adrenaline. I love, love it. Wow. What profession would you guys not like to do? Accounting. Oh, back to Excel. Yeah. <laughs> Human resources. Stu's job. <laughs> well, you don't want to work 100 hours a week, 51 weeks a year. Uh, you do a great, a great job at it. <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you guys like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Wow. Oh, this is deep. Um, Where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine would be uh, your family and friends here are here. Um. Your family and friends are here, and thank you for what you did down there. That's it. We're done, guys. Thank Quick you Quick so story. Much. Go ahead. Kimberly said, pilot. So I was at the World of Concrete, walking back to my hotel last week, and I, I'm lost. And I asked this guy, I said, you know how to get back to this main strip? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's over here. Follow me. We got to talking. He's a pilot for American Airlines, but he worked in computers for 15 years and said, I need a change 
of job and went on to be a pilot. Yeah. Nice guy, too. Got me back safely. So Kimberly will not be at CCE now. <laughs> <laughs> she will this year. <laughs> this is her last year. No, 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 no. It's funny. That's, that's kind of funny that you... Yeah. 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 Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. We'll see everybody at the, at the show in a couple of weeks. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks man. Thank yeah, so we we'll drop this off soon, and then uh, everyone reach out, and they just reach out. Go to the websites. Go to all the websites, and then obviously they sign up, register, get it in there, and get as many people to the show as possible. Thanks for having us. That's it. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Radio Angelina.